0: Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. It is truly a privilege to be here, and I'm extremely excited. Um, I guess I, I, I need to talk a little bit about myself today, and I'm going to do this as, as quickly as possible because my story is really boring, and we have a good message today. I was born in Mexico City uh, to loving parents. I've said it before, I was baptized Catholic. I, I, it, it's, it, it's a joke, <laughs> but my jokes aren't very good sometimes. I was, I was, I was, uh, my parents were saved because a missionary from the United States came to Mexico, in, and I was just a child. I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ fairly early in my life, uh, around the age of six, seven years old, and then I was baptized not long after that. But the reality is that in my teenage years, as many of you, I, um, I found myself getting involved in sinful activities, and, and the reality of my heart was coming to the surface, in, in the Lord through, through lots of pains and, and lessons. Uh, I guess in my, when I was 15, 16 years old, I began to understand. The reality of the gospel and my life continued i went to the states i graduated from pensacola christian college uh, in 2013 with a media production degree and that was fantastic Uh, i went back to mexico and and there was this young beautiful lady that i love with all my heart she's the most beautiful mexican in this building without a doubt and we 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 got married and in six months into our marriage i was i was working as a reporter i got a uh, a job at a newspaper in mexico and and i was working as a reporter and it was that time i think it was a key and crucial time in my life it was right before i was getting married and it was a nice job it was a good job it was one of those dream jobs Uh, i was able to travel i met really important people i got to see uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I got to see the CEO of Scotia Scotiabank. Uh, meet the president. Uh, lots of people that I had the chance to meet there at the newspaper. Traveling. Uh, really nice hotels. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was one of those dream jobs really. A good pay. And we had a nice apartment. When, when we got married before everything, I was really proud. Nice wedding. I thought I had it. I had everything made in my life. But Something within me clicked as I was there, and I was looking at the lifestyle that uh, this kind of profession, this line of profession would, would bring into my life. I was talking to my coworkers, and most of them were divorced because of traveling and the temptations that come with that. Uh, they, were, they were really, really high. Um, so I decided that that was not the right thing for my life, and, and we, we packed our things six months into our marriage, and we moved to Canada, and we arrived here to Canada, and I have to be 100% honest. My idea was never to become a pastor. <laughs> My idea was never uh, to, to, to lead a, ch- a church in any way. My first job here was to uh, clean the bathrooms at, at shoppers at night, and, uh, and then I, I did landscaping and And the Lord taught me through those jobs a hard work ethic. (laughs) Not being afraid to get up at night and work. And then landscaping, getting on my knees and learning the Canadian hard hard work ethic. I worked at superstore and Sobey, so I know almost everybody in town. I'd seen almost everybody's faces in town. I see everybody and I recognize them, I know what they buy. And then we came to this church. We were driving, and we had the privilege to know the Clarks back in the church that we were attending, Devon Park Baptist Church. And we were driving, and me and my wife, we hadn't decided really where we were going to go to church here in Woodstock. And we thought, well, maybe Woodstock Baptist or maybe Grafton Baptist. We'll see. And we were driving, and we remember, well, we know that uh, some Leah... Leah, uh, uh, Goes there to that church. I think we had met Leah one time before. And we said, well, one friendly face is better than know, nobody, not knowing any, anybody. So we, we came to this church. And I was asked not long after to help with prayer meeting because I was an MBBI student. It was that prayer meeting where I fell in love with this church. I met Ervin and Carol, Lawrence and Elena and nate and linda and jason was there too at the beginning and i fell in love with this church i remember i didn't know anything about anybody i remember um seeing seeing Irving, and and uh he was just so polite and and really happy for us to be here and and they embraced us very quickly same with uh lawrence and delana and the same thing with nate and linda and I had no idea. I mean, I, I had gone to, to Bible school before and the college that I went to was a Christian college. But the reality is that I wasn't that serious about God's Word. It was at my time at MBBI and I think that the Lord gave me a privilege uh, by allowing me to set some time aside later in my life to study the Word of God. And it was then when I started to understand the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. And it transformed me If you ever see anything good, it's not me. It's Christ. It's Christ. I wish I could take the credit, but it's not me. It's Christ. And he has given me a desire to read his word and to teach of his word. I want to submit to his will. And if it's church will that I pastor this church, it would be my privilege and my honor. And if not, I'll understand. And the Lord has a plan for everybody. But know that in the time that I've been here, I've grown to love each and every one of you. And ha- I have the privilege to get to know you and to see you in the good times and the bad times. Shed- shedding t- tears together and laughs together. So it is a privilege to be here today and to bring a special message. In, a, in, in thinking what message to bring today, I thought, well, I'm going through the chronological reading off the Bible. And there was a story that caught my eye there. And that's the story of Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute. So before we start with our sermon, let us go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his guidance. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for the privilege to be here, Lord, and share with Your people, Lord, your words. Open our eyes. Give us understanding. Give us a humble heart so that we might be able to learn. I pray, Lord, that this message might not be my words, but yours. Change our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And before I continue, I just want to say that let's keep Warren in our prayers. He has been admitted to the hospital again. And I know he has a desire to be here. It is a privilege that you're able to be here today. Hmm. So let's pray for Warren. Let's pray for Warren. Remember him. Call him. Call him if you have the chance. And Warren, and if you get the chance to see this. The church is not complete without one of its members. We hope to see you here very soon. So let me give you a little bit of context of what was happening here. For those of you that are reading through the Bible, you know the context very well. But let me, let me give you a little bit of context. Mo- Moses had died. He passed away. And the people were waiting east of the Jordan River, getting ready to go into Canaan, the promised land. Joshua is the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham to to possess the promised land. That's what the book of Joshua is about, the fulfillment of that promise. There were Canaanites dwelling in the land and the Lord asked of the people of Israel to to, exterminate, to kill all of them, to all the people of Canaan. They were not allowed to take anything from the conquest of those cities. Not even the treasure that they would get, obviously, from from taking over a city. They were not allowed to keep even that for themselves. The Lord wanted them to have nothing to do with those nations that were wicked and pagan. And there's this incident in Numbers chapter 25, and you don't have to go there, but there is an incident that happened there of the people of Israel. And they were trying to assimilate. That happens very quickly. They were trying to assimilate with the people of the land. And this is before they went into Canaan. And the Lord didn't take this kindly. He acted very swiftly. And let me read this. It's just nine verses. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices of their gods. The people ate The sacrificial meal and bow down before these gods so israel joked themselves to baal of peor and the lord's anger burns against burn against them the lord said to moses take all the leaders of this people kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the lord so that the lord's fierce anger may turn away from israel so moses said to israel judges Each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to Baal of Peor. Then an Israel man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses. Complete rebellion there. And the whole assembly of Israel, while they were whipping at the entrance of the tent meeting. It was a time of repentance, and someone brought a woman in front of Moses. Then son of Eliasar, son of Aaron, the priest saw this. He left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped, but those who died in the plague numbered 24,000 people. It was a swift and quick lesson right before the people of Israel were about to conquer the land of Canaan. They weren't even there yet, and they were trying to assimilate into the culture. So here we are in this place called Shatim, looking to conquer Canaan, looking to conquer Jericho, a fortified city. It was important to conquer this city. Because in order to control the rest of the territory, you had to control, this, to control the city. It was sort of the, the gateway to, to, into the land. It was an extremely fortified city. So, take it, so take, taking over that city was extremely important. The city was thought to be unconquerable. It was a really strong city. It is thought that the city had a double wall. Not just one wall, but two walls that protected it from any attack. So here we are with the people of Jericho, terrifying of the God of the people of Israel. So let's go to Joshua chapter two, and let's read. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, "Go view the land, especially Jericho." And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who enter your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out, I do not know where they meant went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan, as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. So what's happening there is that Joshua sent spies, and they were to survey the land. And what's the thing that they do? The, the, the commandment was, go secretly, uh, go and view the land, especially Jericho. And the next thing it says, and they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab. That, 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 to me, that was the first thing that seemed a little bit odd. Why go there in the first place? And the king of Jericho, somehow their cover didn't last that much. For spies, they were caught really quickly. They were really quickly caught. And I guess it's because everybody was on high alert. I mean, the the things that happened before the the people of Israel came, they were in high alert. They had fear of God in them. Let's go to verse 8. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. And pay attention to that phrase. What, a, what an understanding of a pagan woman of who God is. Hmm. Would you be able to say those words if someone asked you, who is God? Verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save Alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the Med said to her, "Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then, when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully too with you. Then she led them down with a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall. So her house, her her house somehow was, there was people that lived within the wall and her house, at least one corner of her house was in the wall. And she said to them, verse 16, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward... Afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. It is very interesting, a scarlet cord through the window. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own hand, and we shall be guiltless. But if his, but his hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our hand. So what it's basically is saying, yes, we're going to be kind to you because you were kind to us. You have, you're going to have to put this, this cord, this scarlet cord on your window, and we're going to know that that's your house. And anybody within your house, your family will be saved that way. You have to keep your part of the, of the deal, and we'll keep our part of the deal. As she said, verse 21, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Joshua learned from Moses. Remember what happened when Moses sent the spies? (laughs) The people of Israel, their, 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 their hearts were conquered by fear of men. So this time Joshua, instead of sending the spies in a public way, he sends them in secret. He sends them in secret. And he sends two spies. And the report was given back to Joshua in secret. And here we see Rahab, the harlot. It is very rare for a woman's name to be mentioned in Scripture. Extremely rare. Yet we have her name in the Bible. The people were commissioned to survey the land. And it seems that they went straight to Rahab. There's no question that this woman was a prostitute. I've read through the literature and even rabbis in the past they tried to make it so that she was just an innkeeper or something like that. Because there's very powerful people that come from this woman. King David, our Lord Jesus Christ. They're all direct descendants of her. There's no question about it. She was a prostitute. It is important to know that The name of Rahab comes from the word Rahab, which means street, street, because she was a street walker, or Rahaf in Hebrew, which means wide or broad, making allusion to the figure of a woman. So there's no question, her name, everything about her hints to the points to the fact that she was a prostitute. She was a prostitute. But also her name suggests something that is contrary to that. I guess the new nature that she found after repentance. Egypt. The word Egypt means constrained. And Rahab means wide or broad. So in contrast with Egypt, Rahab was key. Was key to open the land for the people of Israel. The information that she gave the spies was fundamental for the conquest of the land. In moments of despair for the nation of Israel, many times has been women that the Lord uses to bring salvation to its people. Think of the midwives in Egypt, Esther and Rahab herself. Verse number three on on Joshua chapter two says that the king of Jericho sent Rahab saying, bring out the men who could come out to you and enter your house. The spies were detected very quickly because the city was in high alert. Shittim is just a few steps away from Jericho. They're they're really, really close. So it seems that the people were on high alert. And what's very interesting to note is that when the soldiers came to see her, they trusted her. They took her at her word. Maybe she was considered honest. And there's nothing about in, in the Bible about how, come she, how she became a prostitute. Maybe it was external circumstances that brought her to that point. Maybe it was a personal decision. We don't know. And that's irrelevant. The Lord uses anybody, regardless of your past. But the people took her at her word. The soldiers followed her advice. She said, She told them, uh, I don't know where they went, but pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. And what did the soldiers do? They did that. <laughs> they did that. They followed her advice. She hid them. She hid them. This verb that is used there on, on verse four. But the woman had taken them, the two men and hid them. It's the same verb that is used when Moses was concealed from the soldiers, when they were killing infants in Egypt. Rahab was a fundamental piece for the nation of Israel to conquer the land. She hid them, just like Moses' his mother. She hid these two spies. The gate was closed so that no one could go in or out. Verse number eight. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the river, dried up the water of the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. And listen to this confession of faith. For the Lord your God, He is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. There's no way, there's no way that a pagan person can say that Without understanding fully the majesty of the King of Israel. Why did she hid the spice? Why? She was loyal to the King of kings. She recognized that it was one king that was higher than the kings of this earth, and that she must submit to and fear above anyone else. She gave them the information that they were looking for. This was the information that they needed. Our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. That was the information that the spies needed. Survey the land, that was the commandment. And the information that she gave them is, you know what? We're terrified (laughs) because you'll win. She switched her allegiance. in that point, right there. She was the key in beginning the con- conquest of the land. She also said it in, a, in an identical way that the people of Israel sang in Exodus chapter 15. And let's go to Exodus chapter 15. She said, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. Exodus chapter 15, verses 14 and 15 says, The peoples have heard they tremble. Fangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. The Lord used, it, used a pagan, and not just any pagan, but a harlot to announce the future victory of the nation of Israel. It was revealed to her by God. No question about that. She asked the people of Israel to spare her family. Why? Why did she ask that? Because the Lord had commanded them to destroy everybody. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 16 to 18 it says, "But in the cities of this people that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devout them to complete destruction huh. that they might not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods and so you sin against the Lord your God. Even when this commandment was in effect, the Lord showed mercy to those that repent. He gives grace to those that repent and convert to His kingdom. He adopts anyone into His kingdom. I don't know about you, but that is good news. (laughs) Isaac the what? What characteristic is mine? Isaac the liar? Isaac the thief? What about Terry? What about Jason? What can we put next to your name? He can save you. He wants to save you. We need to switch our allegiance. We need to believe that God is king on earth. Because there comes a day when all the inhabitants of the earth will tremble at the sight of him. Verse 15 on Joshua chapter 2. Then she let them down by a rope. Verse 15 on chapter 2. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. So here we have a sign again. This time on the window, but it's the same picture. Of what? Any ideas? Passover. (laughs) This is exciting because the Bible is connected, it's the same story over and over again. It's a story of failure, redemption, and sin over and over again until we get to the person of Jesus Christ that breaks that. A mark of scarlet color. Hmm. And all in the household would be spared. An example of faith. Don't you think the city is on high alert, Okay. You have an, an enemy army that is about to attack you, and you know that they have a really good record of destroying completely people. <laughs> and suddenly, this harlot, who just had spies in, in her establishment uh, 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 a day or so ago, is putting this scarlet piece of clothes on her window. Hmm, a little suspicious. Don't you think? It required faith. It required obedience risking her own life, but she understood her allegiance was now to a new king, the king of kings, and the Lord redeemed her. Not only that, but he gave her the honor to be relative of our Lord Jesus Christ, When, we, when you pray, pray like this Our Father, aren't you a relative? <laughs> aren't you part of the family? He's giving you the same honor that, she, that he gave Rahab. <laughs> the story of redemption over and over again in my life, in her life, and in your life if you have believed. What is it that is dragging you about your past? What is it? What sin can I place after your name? What experience can I attach to you that would disqualify you for the service of God? There's nothing that the Lord cannot do. There's no one that the Lord cannot redeem. I can only imagine what the Lord can do through someone that truly repents believes and becomes a citizen of the kingdom of God he will return one day let's go let's jump to Joshua chapter 6 Joshua chapter 6 verse 2 And the Lord said to Joshua, by the way, Joshua, it's, it's, the, same, it's, it's the same name as, as Jesus, Joshua. See, I have given Jericho into your hand with a king, and mighty man of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams. ram's horns before the ark on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall bow blow, blow the trumpets and when they make a long blast with the ram's horn when you hear the sound of the trumpet then all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall go up everyone straight before him the lord one day will take us into his presence in a similar way and the beginning of the establishment of his kingdom. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Because the parallel, it's incredible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. 13 to 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed brothers. So he's talking to the citizens of the kingdom of God. About those who are asleep. I love this. I love this. The Lord Jesus Christ, He has given us eternal life. He was the first fruits. So when a believer... Has away, he's only asleep <laughs> that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord in other words listen this is the word of the Lord that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel with the sound of the trumpet of god and the death in christ will rise first and then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord, his kingdom, established forever. Therefore, encourage. <laughs> Therefore, encourage one another with his words. What words? He's coming. Those believers that we love, they're only sleep, he's coming. His kingdom will be established on this earth. He's coming. He has redeemed you. It's not about you. He's coming. The Lord can use you. But you need to surrender. The Lord is faithful. And he will keep his promise. The Lord is king. And he's king. Man's submission. I was a sinner. Saved by grace. Given a new name. Brought into the family of Jesus Christ. And in the future, he has promised that I will rule me with him. And so can you. Believe. Because He's coming. The army of the Lord is right there. He's coming. It's going to be swift. Hang that scarlet cloth on your window. Be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Expand the kingdom. Share the good news with your family. Bring them into your house. And be saved. Amen and amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's alive, that it's true. Lord, I pray It would change our hearts. Lord, help us to recognize your rule, just like Rahab did. Remind me, Lord, that it's not about me or my past, but it's about you and what you have done. Lord, I pray a blessing on the rest of the service. In Jesus' name.